Get them fired up and get them to the staging lanes, baby, because Eighth Mile Apparel is now carrying Glowing Bracket Racing merch. Hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and much more can be yours today by visiting eighthmileapparel.com. We appreciate each and every one of you guys supporting the Gorn Bracket Racing YouTube and Facebook pages. to GBR Live. It's November 21st, 5.02 p.m. You know, we're out here just getting rained on. It's that time of year. It's about Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody. But before we get into anything, we always got to thank the people that make this free to the viewer. TSR Racing Products. Get your Power Glides Turbo 4. Man, I'm all messed up right now, George. This weather's got me messed up, man. It kind of got me <laughs> sleepy right now. TSR Racing Products, Power Glides, Turbo 350s, Turbo 400, 727 transmissions, parts, and full transmissions. If you need those, it's that time of year. You might need to freshen up those planetary gears if you got that Power Glide. BRG, 3D printed parts, anything you need. You want to spice your ride up over the gear, contact Brian Garrett over there and he'll get you taken care of Syntex printing out there in Temple, Texas. Get all those graphics on your car, driven racing oil. If you're going to race in the wintertime, man, I'm telling you right now, you need to get that driven racing oil. It gets that moisture out, keeps it separate. GBR 10, get yourself 10% off your order. Proform parts, visit proformparts.com for your carburetors, alternators, starters, radiators, distributors, tools. It goes on and on and on, man. Proformparts.com. Crew Chief Pro Software. We don't race when it's 32 degrees outside very often. Don Higgins got you covered over there, crewchiefpro.com. And, of course, if you're getting a little cold out there, man, you get you a GBR hoodie at eighthmileapparel.com. So go over there and get you one of those. George, it's Thanksgiving time, man. You know what that means. Yeah, it means I'm about to break the scale. Yeah, I'm standing <laughs> on the scale, and, and uh, it's going to say I don't like you. That's what it's going to say. So hopefully I don't gain uh, 30 pounds, and even if I do, it's winter time. so I guess I got enough time to get it off before I got to fit back in my racing pants for the next year. So, yeah, man, uh, I don't know if anybody saw Don Higgins posted. He's having Black Friday. I want to say it was close to – don't get me lying. Just go over there. I thought it said 100 bucks, but I'm not 100% sure. I thought it yep. said 100 bucks off of a weather station, and that's a pretty nice little piece of change, guys. So – uh, make sure and head over to Don Higgins at uh, Crew Chief Pro if you're looking for their uh, upgrade to your weather stations this year. Honestly, one of the the most uh, crucial areas in my opinion. A lot of a lot of us bracket racers really didn't pay attention to Crew Chief Pro. We all thought it was the Clash Racers equipment. Nah, man, I, I'm I'm here to tell you that ain't true. Okay, I got learned, I got taught very well by Brad Gephardt out at TB Promotions Twin Fifties, number one, the first Twin Fifties I think he had there. 
And uh, I kept going back and forth to Brad's trailer because it had me dialed in to the T. So, hey, I, I can't say enough about that Okuchi Pro. I'm, 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 I nerd like that, so I can't help it. <laughs> hey, man, I'll tell you what. You know who uh, may have had that in their hands earlier this week was uh, Glenn Ferguson over there winning and running up to himself at Loose Rocker at the door car race, man, right down the street from my house. So, uh, I mean, Glenn Ferguson, great race car driver out here. I want to say he's from like Farmington area or whatever, but every time that he shows up anywhere, it seems like it makes a whole lot of noise. Got a Ford in the winner's circle. So, uh, you know, that's something that all you guys, you know, we always forget. We always think those, those Mopar guys, we were talking with Scott Lewis last week, Mopar, no car type thing with this old man and you know we got a couple couple reasons as to why that wasn't the case but the four guys are just as strong on that man so your your boy glenn ferguson held it strong for you guys last weekend <laughs> hey that's a pretty good feat man and no um I, d I didn't know the name casey you actually told me uh here the last few days now uh it's a pretty pretty tough racer out of that area i believe is what you said to me so um good job way to go that's uh, something that a lot of people will never be able to say they've done, runner-up and win an event. So to themselves. pretty awesome. Pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, it was unbelievable. And I looked at the stats on that deal, and he pretty much was winning every single round. He made, I think, 18 runs undefeated that day. And of those 18 runs, I think uh, all but two of them were 15 or better. And I want to say like 10 of them were like – 005 or better on the tree. I mean, that car was going 602, 603 all day long, depending on what he wanted to do with it. And uh, it's unbelievable, man. I mean, like I said, anytime that he shows up out there, it seems like he's going deep, if not winning the race. He's he's always liable to win at least a couple of uh, local races every single year um, at major events. So it's uh, it's no surprise to me. Yeah, man, and uh, hats off to Staging Light, too. It looked like he ran a fairly good program out there. That was uh, Loose Rocker. That was Staging Loose Rocker? Lights. Oh, Yeah, okay. Loose Rocker is Anthony Walton. Gotcha. Uh, Michael Beard is now Staging Light. Made a mistake, Staging uh, uh, Loose Rocker. My bad there. I know you guys were together that long, and I'm still a little uh, little confused there. So any, either way it goes, looked as if it was a well-ran program. I think I, I saw a little bit of... Um, maneuvering at the racetrack when we've had to we've had to talk about that a few times here at gbr head on back in the older uh, episodes there and see what we mean by that but a decision had to be made on the fly and looked like it was a good one yeah absolutely man and uh you know it brought us up we were talking about this actually before this event but this event kind of furthered it um we were talking about it a little earlier today man but you brought it up last week so you might as well bring the topic in yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Because it seems to be, maybe it's just not looked at, especially from a numbers standpoint. Casey, I know you're a numbers guru. I give you a couple of parameters. Next thing you know, you'll have a whole Excel document with macros attached to it and all kind of other junk that just fly right over the top of my head half the time, even though I know how to do it. <laughs> but uh, question of the day, conversation of the day in open uh, discussion format, meaning if you're in the chat, number one, like, share, like, and share. Let's get as many people in there as possible. But we want to hear your thoughts on this subject. Can you win as a single entry, uh, with a single entry, as a single entered competitor? In whatever context you would like to ask yourself that question, 
I would like to know the answer. That's what we're going to discuss here in the very beginning of the of the show. Casey, you know my stance, sort of. We are on opposite sides of the field a little bit, which should make for quite a bit of a back and forth. I, for one, will say, and and I feel like it's just like football. It's any it's a any given Sunday type of deal. In bracket racing, it's any given Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever day we're racing, it's any given day. And I feel like, man, if you get the right type of luck in that round, man, if you find your groove for the next couple of rounds after that, I don't care if you're single or doubled, you have a you you have the ability to win the race. And so my thought process right off the rip is that the single entered competitor can win the race. Um, I know that's a broad, very broad statement because I said can, and I didn't put definition on what can means um, if we want to go legalistic, right? Um, but what I'm saying is it's it's doable. It do, You don't have to be doubled to win these races. Casey, go for it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the bottom line is it, it kind of always rings true that you can't win if you ain't in it. That is what it is. You can never win anything. You miss every single shot that you don't take. Um, it's it's like that with every single thing in your life. That being said, um, I went to dragstory.com, which basically any show or any any uh, race that is televised on Motor Mania, the results are always posted on dragstory.com. Now, when you go to that section, there's some some places run AccuTime, and I guess the others that run Compulink, and I don't know which one is which as far as how the results come out but one is a pdf file and one of them is a uh or i don't even know if it's a pdf file because usually you can search those but regardless one of them you can control f them and the other one you can't i got you. and those of you that work on the computer you know what i'm talking about but anyway so i i based it off of the ones that i could use the find function on so it's based off 29 major events the statistics that i showed on this deal and again it's all based off dragstory.com these are these are races like big races like loose rocker og million fling series tv promotions uh king of the creek triple threat so on so on uh, 29 days of racing overall out of the winners 20 of those 29 winners were double entries and nine of those winners were single entries Either way, you can win. That that shows right there. Okay, you start looking at it, and you're like, oh, well, that's basically 50-50. And the way everything all worked out as far as running all the statistics on it, nine of the winners being singled means that you have a 31% chance if you're a single entry to win the race, and you have a 69% chance if you're a double entry to win the race. So the interesting thing looking on the surface of all that is if you're double entered, you know, apples to apples comparison, you would think that if you're double entered, that gives you one more shot, right? So let's say I'm doubled and you're singled. That's three entries. We should all have a 33% chance, 33% per entry. But the ways this is, the statistics show, you actually have a better chance to win if you're doubled more so like you would think oh i got one more shot to win well the statistics actually work out to be you actually have a better chance than a you know another chance you have like i don't know how that ends up maybe like 20 percent more of a chance 
to win. Now, the question is, when you look at probability and everything, you know, probability basically says if you, the easiest format is if you have a coin, heads and tails, everybody knows about that. You flip the coin, the more times you flip the coin, the closer you're going to get to a 50-50 shot. So I guess the question is, is why do you think that the outcome actually favors the double entered opponent um, in general? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, and again, I, I'm not here to say that I do feel like the outcome favors the double entered driver. Uh, seemingly, that's who who's winning right now, especially based on your statistics and your uh, your your fancy Excel sheets. Because hey, they do paint a very a very good picture. I almost wish you'd have showed it uh, on the stream today. But basically, what I'm getting at is those double enters. And what I kind of consider is the un the unvisited territory or the 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 facet of the conversation that people aren't really paying attention to is who is the double entered driver. Okay, the who to the equation seems to be more relevant than the who is doubled, in my opinion, or the what driver is doubled. The reason I say that is because, and this is hypothetically. Give me the double entry. This is George here. I, I, I've been racing for quite a while, um, and I, I consider myself to be a decent racer. But give that single entry that George would have to, say, Kevin Brannon. 90% of you on this show right now know that Kevin Brannon will probably take that single enter, single entry all the way down to the end, if not further. Where George... Yes, I can. I could probably get one of those entries into the fourth round, but it's going to take quite a bit of luck past that point, right? Not even downplaying myself in 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 a sense. Nobody knows anything about me. You don't know how I race. You don't know nothing about me, right? So that's where I feel like the conversation must go. It's all about who's driving. You had a you know, we had a poll on the on going bracket racing a couple weeks back, Casey. It was is it the car or is it the driver? And I believe the driver won that situation, if I'm not mistaken oh, yeah. myself. And Hands it was down. pretty far. You know what I mean? So it, it, it goes a long way, in my opinion. You can double as, as as I don't want to use the average Joes versus pros, but the average Joe doubled versus the pro singled, and I think the tide switches. Talk to me. Yeah, man. Uh and that's that's something that I was planning on getting into was, uh, you know, do you need to be doubled at the big races? Who who are the racers that are winning the races? Are they big name people like what you said, Kevin Brannon? Uh, is it, you know, Dennis Birch, uh, you know, Galetti, Williams, uh, Underwood, Holloman, Sarah. We can go on and on and on. Hastings, obviously, uh, you know, are they people who you expect to do well anyway or here's the other thing though is you have to think about the fact of what what is the reason why they win the races they win why do you think that why do you think the people that i mentioned are seemingly so much better than everyone else because i mean they might be better than everyone else but they obviously i mean it's very obvious those guys that i just mentioned are on a different level 
than everyone else. So why do you yeah. think that is? Yeah, well, number one, and to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, those drivers that we're mentioning uh, and what you would call a pro, part of what I feel the 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 getting the mastery of drag racing in right now is the actual feeling of turning on that final wind light in a bigger event. It takes away, number one, it's almost like a I've been here before feeling that you, I would consider anyway, this is kind of hypothetical. I haven't won a big money race, right? But this is kind of way I would see it if I did. Okay, I've gotten over the hurdle of winning a big money race. Now, coming into more races that are big, bigger money, the nerves aren't there. The The thought process of, of, oh, this is the fifth round and getting all jittery. That may be there, but you've been here before, so you know how to you know how to maneuver that feeling now. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's case in point, kind of the answer to your question. Brad Gephardt's answer here on the on the stream here, Casey, as we get into some of the comments. Twice as many hits, twice as much seat time, twice the data, half the time to think about it. Yep. So and and thinking about it screws you up just as much as not thinking about it sometimes. I agree, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. So I, I definitely think uh, that seat time uh, barrier uh, definitely plays a big part. Another comment, and I'll let you get some off of YouTube here. Sean Pinkerton, we hadn't heard from him in a long time here at Going Bracket Race, and I knew he was still around here watching probably pretty busy. I know he coaches a little baseball and stuff like that, but uh, more entries you have, the better your odds. It allows for a mistake or wrong side of luck round. Also agree. At the same time, I I think it works both ways in that comment. Yes, you get that yeah. one throwaway. Uh, as a single entry, you don't get that throwaway, but you better make it during buyback round or hope that you pulled into the lanes versus somebody who messed up a little bit more than what you did. So, what yeah, you got man. on comments? Uh, we got Danny Hoff over there uh, saying double entries are almost harder to do well. You got to turn on a lot more wind lights than when you were singled. Sunday, I turned on eight wind lights and lost sixth round. And that's and, and he says he follows it up with also easier to pay your tab being single. That's <laughs> that's true, man. And especially at Anthony's races, because Anthony's races pay back very well to the point where if you're a single entered guy, Loose rocker is where you want to be because basically if you get, I think, fourth or fifth round at any point and you don't have to buy back every single day, you can actually make money at Anthony's yeah. races. Yeah, I got you. Uh, so loose rocker, man, I mean, I'd, I would like to see a lot more people take take uh, a page out of his book. on on the. He's been doing that a really long time too, man, and there's a reason why loose rocker is one of the biggest shows out there that's not necessarily the biggest payout but it is one of the biggest shows. And that's, that's the reason why, because everybody gets a piece of the pie and it keeps everybody coming back because I don't really like seeing people win $50,000 and then the runner up get five. That doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't happen in Anthony's races really, but going back to uh, what everybody was talking about earlier, what makes those racers better than everyone else? It's kind of like, kind of like what Brad was saying, seat time, good equipment, that's number one. How do you make your equipment good? Make more runs, test, things like that. Uh, get good on the tree. Get a good feeling for it. Was I good? Was I bad there? What? How do you learn that? Make more runs. Uh, make better decisions at the finish line. How do you learn that? Racing, making more runs. Pulling into the lanes right, even. You know, like you pull into the lanes right. How do you pull into the lanes right? Make more runs. Be in the lanes more. 
and how do you guarantee in an apples to apples scenario, let's say you're gonna, let's just say you lose fourth round, right? If you're doubled, apples to apples, you will always make more runs doubled than singled. And even actually not apples to apples, you will almost always make more runs as a double entry because let's just say, let's say you are a double entry. Typically the way that they handle double entries at any event is a double entry, and this makes no sense to me, I'll just put that out there, but an entry gets a time run, right? So if you're doubled, you get two time runs, you're guaranteed to run first round twice, if you lose and there are buybacks, you're guaranteed to run second round twice. If you never win a round, you will make six runs. Hmm. You have to get to fifth round single entered to make the same amount of runs that you are guaranteed to get as a double entry if you never win. Yeah, I think that's a big disparity as well, uh, Casey. That's that's very, very broad. Uh, you, your six, five hits of data to my one, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, right. that's, that's, that's massive. That's a big gap. Is it overcomeable is the main question we have oh, here yeah. right now. Um, and I, and there's a lot of comments here. I'm, I'm doing the best I can to keep up here. I see Richard Singer. He's saying the old adage practice makes perfect. That's part of what we're yep. talking about right now and get a lot of practice. Obviously Casey, you just said it would take me to the fifth round to even catch up to what a double entered double buyback racer would have to <laughs> you, even if they get one of those entries through they still have six yeah. passes well yeah you know what i mean so if they um, get zero entries through they have six passes right That's but if i ever had to meet up with them in the question yeah. in the grand scheme of things i'm in third round with two passes under my belt with somebody who has right. six that's that's yeah. a that's a big number so good good call out there i like that one um let me see. What else you got as far as comments? Because they are roll, rolling in here on the Facebook side. Uh, Eric White over here is saying, I've seen many times the big names lose first round, but because they're doubled or win a re-entry, they keep going. Many outcomes would have been different if it was single and no buybacks. And that is something that whenever we were talking about this last week, that's the first thing I brought up to you was how different it looks whenever, um, whenever for example, the spring fling is the first uh, place to really take a big money level to a single entry only format at Bristol. And I just think it's always interesting to see the people who are in late in that, because in my opinion, you can't drive the same way that you drive doubled single because you're leaving too much up to up to fate and you're leaving too much up to, if you turn it red second round, you're done. Whereas if you're doubled, you say, okay, I'm going to back it off a little bit. That was pretty much as good as I'm going to hit it. I'm going to cover that, and now I can hit it real hard elsewhere. Um, and what I will say also is that Kevin Brandon, in my opinion, is probably one of the best at this. If I had to put my money on somebody, which I did last year whenever they had single entry at Bristol, if you remember whenever Dylan Champion did that Calcutta on our page, I picked Kevin Brandon. And what happened the night before the Calcutta was going to happen? I, Kevin I, I, Brandon would have won that deal. Sure. And and the reason that is, is because I think he's the most consistent racer. And I think it's much more difficult. I've always said this. You can look back through every GBR episode we've ever had for the last four years. I think it's been now. But I think that 
if you see somebody who's consistently in fourth, fifth, sixth round, even if they're not winning races every year, even if it's been, you know, however long since they've won a race, that's the person I would rather be because in these scenarios, you will always see the most consistent racer be better because he is consistently or she is consistently better than the average racer because there's a lot of people out there that they're seemingly going to win the entire race or they're going to lose third round. And that's not an option when you're a single entry racer. Right, right. And we're going to come back to your thought here, Sean Pinkerton's kind of adding a little bit of a twist to the scenario. Um, I'll bring it back up here after a while, but I kind of wanted to uh, venture into another thought here as I lose my train of thought. If you don't know, guys, we don't have a piece of paper in front of us. If you're a first-time visitor here, we like to, to just throw it out there. This is not a scripted debate. He doesn't know where I'm going to go. I don't have a clue where he's going to go here either, right? But um, let's just go ahead and bring in Sean Pinkerton's thought here as my mind, Casey, gets back where I wanted to go uh, with my next thought here. Sean Pinkerton throws a little bit of a plot twist. He says, when, do, when does it financially not make sense to double when you figure entry fees, cost per run, uh, your return on the investment, uh, per round money, one depending on the number of rounds raced. As my yeah, man, I my room. <laughs> no, uh, I know where he's going with that because I was actually just talking to uh, I think Lorenzo Martin out there. Uh, which, by the way, if you're out here in the Carolina area, Virginia area, you need to go pay attention to North Carolina bracket racing page because he's got everything held down over there for sure, uh, and lets you know everything that's going on, especially in the winter time whenever. Seemingly, everybody's not really on Facebook, but he'll always tell you when there's racing going on. Anyway, I was talking about that with him this weekend, man. At a certain point, you start to think about the fact that, man, it's very easy. You know, you look at some of these races and it's like, man, $300, $350 for, you know, X amount to win. That's a good deal. Well, then you think about the fact like, man, everybody else is going to be doubled. I want to double also. And you can have your own opinion on that. That's fine. That's what this whole po point of this conversation is about. But let's just say, let's say you don't. Let's say you don't. Let's say you're a single entered guy. $350 to run for 20, 30, 50 grand seems like a good deal. And then you start looking at, man, what if I got to buy back? It turns into $1,000 really quick, man. And it's one of those things where it's like, man, now you're sitting here trying to weigh the fact like the whole reason I wasn't there this weekend was because I'm of the opinion where I have to, if, if everybody else is going to be doubled, I want to be double too. That's number one. And that's, you know, some people think that some people don't, it doesn't matter who thinks what that is my feeling. That's the reason I went to coastal plains this weekend and raced a local race out there because if I feel like I want to be doubled, if everybody else is doubled, I want two shots. If everybody else has two shots, Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. Doesn't matter. That's what I feel like. That's why I went there. Now, if I'm going to double, then I got to pay $700 up front. So I already got to lay out $700. Now, if I have to buy back, I'm already there. I've already spent $700. I'm more prone to now buy back. Now, the buybacks, I'm pretty sure were like 100 bucks or something like that. So they're pretty good for, for the scenario or whatever. But still, let's say you got to buy, let's say you got to buy half of them back. You know, three buybacks for the weekend on essentially six entries, so 50%. Now, all of a sudden, you're up over $1,000.
So now you got a thousand in. That's why we have to race for twenty thousand dollars. If that same race was say ten thousand to win or seven thousand, whatever, now that entry fee could have been a hundred bucks. You know, something like that. And these are all random numbers off the top of my head. You know, I don't want Michael Beard to get in here. Michael Beard's going to get in here and tell me I'm wrong for a thousand reasons. These are just off the top of my head. I'm not trying to not trying to do real math right now. But the facts are is that I would prefer, you know, and most people don't. And that's why these races are are the way they are. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is what I think. Um, I would prefer to have more races that were like, fives and tens and hundred dollar entry fees and then everybody who who could participate in that probably could double uh then also you're going to have nine thousand cars because we already have too many cars on a lot of these races um you know so at the end of the day it's it's everybody's personal business plan and everybody knows what they're getting into they they've seen the flyer that's why they showed up um you know and that's why we have these great car counts because people are willing to participate in it so i'm by all means or by no means, I guess I should say, I'm not saying my opinion is the right opinion. I'm just saying that's my opinion. I got two things, two things. One of them being um, the opposite of where you are as far as for a big money race. If I have an entry or the ability to even get one entry into a big money race, I am going, sir. Um, The only reason why is because for myself, if after first round I am a certain number on the tree and Mo is anywhere near good, I'm going to be somebody who is hard to beat for the rest of the day. Just is what it is, and not not just because I'm on going bracket race and talking about it, guys. My numbers will show that as far as for when I open up this laptop here and turn it on Crew Chief Pro, it'll show you. Uh, George is he's ten. You're in trouble. Because if I'm ten once, it's almost like shooting three pointers. If I hit five three pointers, I'm gonna hit the tenth one too. Okay, it's just the way it works for me, right? Um, I kind of get where you're at. Some racers do need the cushion or the feeling of, I got two chances at this bad boy. Um, I would love to be that racer. My my train of thought came back mid, midstream, by the way, when we were talking about Sean Pinkerton. I'm not a hired driver. Okay, so we all have to take that into consideration because the honest answer to Sean's question is when... Actually, the question itself should be, when is it in bad investment for the investor who's putting said racer into the race, paying the entry fee, paying the travel tow bill, um, picking up the tab altogether? I don't care how many buybacks there are. Okay, when is it a bad investment for that person? And honestly, in today's bracket racing world, I don't think you'll find that one of them feels it's a bad investment. Number one, they're going to put the best driver that they can behind the seat to be doubled. Okay, It's not going to be an average Joe. I've not seen anybody, quote unquote, back somebody who is just an average driver completely at a big OG million. Right. And double enter that person into an OG million. So it's a great question. It's a great plot. It's a great plot twist. And uh, as far as for investment wise, if you got money, you got money. You can just throw it wherever you want to throw it. Yeah, well, I mean, and it, and it goes in. Overkill was the first, uh, the first, I guess you could call company to really figure it out that you take typically four or five of the best drivers, double enter them all, and look at the odds increase on that. I think uh, Dukes Dukes figured it out with Jeff Sarah. 
um, you know, and, and all those guys. And Sean was driving them for a while whenever he was still here. Right. Um, you know, they they started to figure out in these big races. Um, let's just take let's take the OG million because it's it's just easier because of the way that the way that it is. And it's typically always like 250 to 300 cars, something like that. So let's just say there's 300 cars. Well, let's just say 100 because that's way easier. If you have 10 entries in a 100-car field, then that means you've got a 10% chance of winning. Whereas if you're one guy in a 100-car field, you have a 1% chance of winning. So they're increasing their odds. They're using basically gambling tactics and general finance tactics to figure this out. Like, okie dokie, man, he's a... uh, I've never met him in person, but he's a very good businessman. I mean, he's the first person by far. Bloomfield might have figured it out right before him, but Okie Dokie is the first person to actually really figure out that he can play the odds on a lot of this stuff. And he's actually tilting the odds in his favor because look at the people who drive for him. Hmm. Williams, all of them, all three of them. So that's six entries that could win at any given point. Who knows how much money Donovan's won for him in the last two years, let alone his dad and his and his uncle, you know, Underwood. Underwood's raced for him for a long time. And I'm sure there's tons of other people, but those are the people that everybody knows right off their head. But I mean, that's why you see you see what they show up with. That's that's overkill stuff, man. That's paid for because of the people that he enters and the amount that he's willing to risk. But there is a return on investment if you choose, if you have the correct strategy and you know what you're doing. There's clearly a return on investment because he's not just doing that for fun. Not just for fun at all. No way. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the business side of it gets the rare its head, too. You got a business, that means you get to play business games. I'll leave it at cool. that. Um, inquire, use your imagination as to what I mean by that. But hang in there, guys, because we got more coming back uh, after, the, after these messages from our marketing partners. Uh, we're going to get a little bit further into this conversation, possibly, and then bring up something that might pique your interest even more okay surrounding those long cars don't go anywhere we'll be right back brg motorsports 3d printed racing parts are able to provide you with whatever you desire to enhance your drag racing operation items like safety belt magnets nitrous bottle holders and even quick release delay box mounts are able to be obtained from brg motorsports 3d printed racing parts Have a look at top selling items such as helmet hooks and steering wheel hooks, which are proven to make it easier to maneuver throughout your race car. You can contact BRG Motorsports 3D Printed Racing Parts at telephone number 765-729-1177. TSR Racing Products has everything you need to make your Powerglide Turbo 350, Turbo 400, and 727 transmissions the best they can be on the street or at the track. With exceptional products, customer service, and over 30 years of experience, TSR Racing Products is always available to help their customers with any of their transmission needs. In-house machining ensures you only receive the best products from TSR Racing. Visit TSR Racing Products at tsr-racing.com or give them a call at 800-394-5889.
Innovation never sleeps at Proform, and we're making our popular Black Race Series carburetors even better by adding new features that will set them apart from the competition. Some of the newest features include a newly designed main body with contoured Venturas for better airflow and a new inside and outside two-step down leg boosters for increased atomization and better throttle response. Also, newly designed fuel bowls with increased internal baffling for better fuel control and the lower fuel ramp for reduced turbulence. There are also some new upgrades to point out. The fuel bowls now both include nitrofill floats and the throttle base plate now has slab shafts for better airflow. These new features combine with the fully adjustable high flow main body with screw-in air bleeds, billet metering blocks, high performance billet throttle base plate, and aluminum fuel bowls with sight glass windows makes for a great street strip carburetor that packs a punch. Welcome back, welcome back. Going bracket racing here on another Tuesday. Special shout out to all of our marketing partners. Can't do it without you guys. Got Crew Chief Pro out there. I definitely can't do it without you. you I'm going to shake your hand when I see you because uh, Crew Chief Pro has taken me a, a few good couple of rounds here since I've had it. So Crew Chief Pro Software, thank you. Proform Parts, you know, thank you for everything that you do. If you need anything in this uh, off season, head over to Proform Parts as they got a plethora of items inside of their uh, inside of their catalog there. So take a look uh, and, uh, and, and you know, get your shopping cart filled up. <laughs> They'll probably get you what you need. TSR Racing Products, thank you for everything that you do. Same goes for them. If you got anything going on the back end of that car and you need to uh, have some assistance, they've got a really good uh, tech line there. They can, they can pretty much talk you through anything, I'm sure. Head over there to uh, TS, TSR Racing Products. Ken Jones Performance, as always. Honestly, probably one of the best carburetor tuners that I know, uh, especially when it comes to that methanol stuff. So, um, all righty. Driven Racing Oil, thanks for everything. Best oil out there. I know Casey over the summer, I think you boiled some Driven Racing Oil after a certain amount of passes and sent it off and had it tested. It was still good. So, you can't beat that with a stick. Uh, I know that uh, if you're running it, you're probably uh, experiencing the same. Switch over to Driven if you hadn't already. BRG Motorsports, 3D printed motor, uh, 3D 3D printed parts. Um, Brian, you've got a lot of uh, a lot of items in my race car. Makes it real easy to maneuver. I love the helmet hook. I love the uh, the fire extinguisher mount. Everything in there, man. So if you guys need anything like that, hit up Brian Garrett. Syntex Printing. Thanks again for all the stickers, uh, all the all the uh, marketing that you do for us as well. Shouting out to Eighth Mile Apparel. It's 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 winter time. I know a little birdie on the wall told me. I think I mentioned this last week. The Door Trucks Rule shirt will be available really really soon. I get asked about that shirt just about every time I wear it. If you don't like Door Trucks, well shame on you. Um, and uh, we'll try to find something to suit your need as well. Head on over to Eighth Mile Apparel for your apparel needs. So, Casey, we are gonna switch gears. We're going to leave the thought process of double enters. Uh, versus single enters versus can you win being a single entered uh, competitor even though you can turn it green take hog up as much stripe as you need it don't even matter as long as your <laughs> car's running dead on win the race as a single enter you can do it uh, Casey man let's get to to what I consider a very interesting topic I feel like we will we will visit it again mark my word right here on GBR. It might not be today, but the day is coming. For dragsters, are we seeing the extinction 
or the beginning of the extinction of the hardtail, shall I say, bracket race weapon. Are hardtails becoming more and more hard to find? Or should I say, are they being made new? Are you seeing a lot of 2024 hardtail cars coming out? And then why is it that most of the dragsters on the big money scene are all four link? Let's well, I can tell you that. I can tell you that from experience. So number one, there's a lot of numbers in this deal, but number one, <laughs> first and foremost, uh, the hardtail dragster was obviously the original dragster. And the problem was, is that if you run at a short track and you're a pretty fast car, it unloads the chassis and it'll start bouncing. That was issue number one. Issue number two is those things, man, if you don't have a good return road, those things will get to bouncing sometimes. I've had them bounce so much one time that the floats bounce and it actually makes the car die just going down the return road. <laughs> um, so that's the second thing. But the main issue is, is that it doesn't cost a whole lot more to have a four-link car versus a hardtail car. Um, and ultimately the, the way a hardtail car works, we've all seen top fuel cars. They leave like this, that go like that down the track, flexing the chassis. That's how a hardtail car works. Um, and it wears the, it wears the tubes out. And that's the reason that they get kind of tossed to the side after a few years. Or you'll, anything. Have, you'll have to help me here because I'm not the, I'm not the greatest quote unquote tech chassis type of guy, but wouldn't that buckling of that hard of that top fuel car, are those not slip jointed cars? Uh, I mean, I doubt a top fuel car would be because it probably just fractured the chassis because it yeah. cut itself. But, yeah. uh, yeah, but mm. as far as it, just a, like a super comp style car, a top dragster style car, they'll still, they'll still flex like that. But the only way to do that is to make them, they sag in the middle and then they they arch whenever they're going down the track, and that's really how you get them to work the best. Mm. And the only way to do that is really thin wall too, because what a lot of people don't know is the only area that's certified is actually around the cockpit area. That's the only area that really matters. It's the protection area of the driver. Anything in front of that and behind that, that's on anything, can on a door car or whatever, can be whatever you want. So you basically can... Uh, you basically want to make it real thin so it can flex and work real good. Dragster Jeff got dragster in the name over here, so I feel like I should read this comment. We built four-link cars to handle the bumpy tracks back in the day, and that's yep. that's right. Yep. And the thing is, anymore, if you're running at a uh, if you're running a national event facility or you're running at one of these high-end bracket racing facilities, they're going to have a real smooth surface. I don't believe that a four-link car. I, I mean, obviously, a four-link car could be just as good as a hardtail car, but the thing is about a hardtail dragster is as long as you put any motor and transmission combination in there that's not going to spin the tires and has a good carburetor on it to run dead on every single time, the hardtail car will always be better than the four-link car if you don't know what you're doing with the four-link car. So, and there's minimal amount of stuff to do with a four-link dragster, but... The facts are the facts. So so the what if is what you said. What if you don't know how to tune a four-link car? Right. Let's, let's be honest here. Seemingly, in today's racing, we're not, we're not driving four-link cars because it's bumpy. Okay? We're driving those four-link cars because let's say it's 107 degrees on the racetrack, in the air. So the racetrack's 150. 
Well, what if you are having a little bit of spin problem? Wouldn't you think a few clicks here or there in that rear end, in that suspension setup, might drive you through those said woes? Um, uh, you got your grid system. You get to see what the car's doing down the track. Wouldn't a, a, a little suspension, a little bit of a suspension change, correct that? Basically, what I'm saying is, aren't those four-link cars uh, configurable where that hardtail isn't? Uh, I mean, technically, yes, but ultimately, the uh, here's prime example, absolute perfect example. If a four-link, if a four-link was a better way for a dragster on a smooth track, then why doesn't Top Fuel have it? Yeah, yeah, I get that part now. I'm, I'm borrowing, I'm borrowing the the bumpy. Let's take out bumpy. Let's go to just sheer conditions itself. Let's go to to just heat being the, the issue. Let's go to a marginal track being the issue. Let's go to something of that nature to where it's not necessarily um, an, an element of being bumpy going down the return road or down the track or in the shutdown area of said track. Let's go to Gateway uh, Worldwide Technology. Let's go to Extreme. Let's go to Glot. Let's go to, to Bristol. I don't, I've never been down Bristol. I've never heard that it's bumpy at Bristol. If it is, bad example on my part, okay, right? But taking out all of the track variables, the four-link car is still the wider-used car of the bunch. That's period. People aren't people aren't lining up to buy uh, hardtails in bracket racing. Case in point, when we look at a dragster that has won a big-money event, and if I don't know how we would be able to, to to kind of put a benchmark on this unless we go back and watch it all, but I'm I'm pretty sure that 95% of them are going to have a suspension. Yeah, well, that's because they've been around for so long now, though. So whenever I started, uh, whenever I started, got out of junior dragsters, and whenever I was 16, four link cars were just kind of starting to be common at that point. Uh, in fact, Ken Jones he ran a, he ran a hardtail Gebhardt car for a long, long, long time. He was actually the first, uh, the first one out of the group of all of our families to have a dragster um, and won lots of races. And I drove that car uh, a few times. That's actually the car that I was telling you that bounced one time so hard at Gateway because remember they always had those uh, whoops back there whenever yeah. the, because it was built on a swamp. So yeah. water ran under in the back of right. the return road and it got bouncing so hard that it died. But anyway, uh, whatever you're talking about a, uh, a good track, um, you know, like what you were just mentioning, I don't believe that a bracket car, I think that a hardtail car actually, I think would be more advantaged just simply because it's, you don't have to run through the shop. So there's nothing to screw up on a hardtail dragster. I think any motor you put, if you have a hardtail dragster and you have a good track, Anything that you put in a hardtail dragster, you can go between six flat and you can go down to 450. And I think any idiot could put a motor in there. And as long as they know relatively what tire pressure to put in, dead on, dead on, dead on, dead on every single time. And I think that had happened for a four-link car too. But my point is, is that I guess the the moral of the story is, if you want to get a dragster right now and you want to get into bracket racing and you want to go fast, then get a hardtail dragster because you can probably get them for five, seven thousand dollars. Christopher Carico uh, has the nicest stuff ever. They always have, always. 
If you ever see anything being sold with the last name, last name Carico, it will be every single option you can get on the car. It'll be the nicest wheels you can get. It'll be the nicest data logger you can get, the nicest everything. And even he was selling his old top dragster for what I perceived to be dirt cheap, probably what the paint job costs. Hmm. Um, because hardtail cars aren't desirable. And that was a 270-inch car, so that goes into a whole other realm of like, you don't really need a 270-inch car to go bracket to, to go bracket racing, but not unless you're going to run a top dragster, of course. Right, but the facts are is that if you want to if you want to save your money on the chassis and go fast, you can find an older hardtail car that probably doesn't have a lot of runs on it, and you could probably get it. I bet you you could get a very nice rolling hardtail car for maximum eighty five hundred dollars right now. Yeah, I think I agree with you 100% on that. And and not to take anything away from the hardtail car, my dad's built a few. My uncle still drives one. My cousin still drives one. I would drive one. Just a conversation I was having with good buddy Brad Gephardt, which uh, built one of one of the the nastiest hardtail cars I think I've had the pleasure of being around. The old orange car my dad had for a long time. Um, and um, so definitely a, a a style of car that I feel is still a a an appropriate weapon. It's just that it's few and far between and big money. And I'm trying to figure out what the actual reason is uh, behind there not being as many. It's, it's the return. Rails. You think it's, it's all three, in the return. I a hundred, I, I don't think that I, I personally know that because I've driven both. And I can tell you if you drove around gateway, because we both been there. So that's common ground. And I'm not talking about the little whoop section. That's probably not there anymore. But I can assure you, you drive down Gateway in a hardtail car and you get in a four-link car and drive right back down the exact same tracks, you're going to know the difference. Huh. That's the difference right there. Is I'm telling you, a hardtail dragster feels like you're driving a freaking tractor down a smooth road. It's, I mean, it's, it's that bad. I mean, it's it shakes everything. And don't forget about the fact every single bolt you have on that car is feeling that shock. It's loosening the bolts on it. It's loosening the nuts on it. It's loosening everything, every single little bump that you go down. Uh, you know, it's everything about a four-link dragster is better, not in the performance side of things. It's better in every other aspect. I got you. I got you. Hey, just a question I thought I'd bring up. And I think this one's actually going to resurface. Mark my word, we're going to talk about this again um, whenever we learn a little bit more. Maybe even if we have a chassis guy come on and explain it a little bit better to the going bracket and racing community. Uh, yeah. Don't forget, George. Don't forget. I'm fairly certain. I saw this in the chat. This might be verifying what I was thinking. I'm pretty sure Johnny Ezel won the OG Million in a hardtail dragster. Yeah, nah, I will say that I don't think that Ezel's cars are uh, are four link. I think he's making hardtail cars. Well, he I, makes that, that both is. now, but I think that one was the hardtail car. And the Remember, one he, had to, weld, he mean, had, to, had to weld it up. Yeah, yeah, he had to. Well, that wasn't right that race, the but the, the one that they had that big controversy about because yeah. he was welding it, and they said, "Oh, he's not a certified welder." And he's like, "Well, I built the whole car and like five other ones that are out here right now." So and. Corey crashed that one. That was an Ezel car, I think, and he didn't die. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was yeah. a load of crap on that whole deal where he wasn't allowed to weld that up and race. But you know, that's just 
that's just my opinion, but I'm sure that I'm not the only one that shares that opinion either. Yeah, you're right too. I think uh, I'm seeing it in the chat that uh, I think a little loose changes in here. He said he did win in his hardtail, by the way. So um, good call out there. Listen, this is an interesting conversation. I, I think you could be potentially correct. I still think there's a little bit more of a workability in the four link when it comes to actually comp in actual competition. Something's there. I guarantee it. Something has to be there in the four link that that makes it better in competition, not through the staging lanes. We got that. That despair. That we we've closed the gap on the fact that the hardtail is rough to drive. It'll rattle your teeth to death if you hit a couple of couple of bumps. But there's something mm -hmm. going on on that racetrack with that four link as well. I'm I will say for certain of it. I will say if you are a very savvy race car driver, and this is probably why Johnny liked it because he is a very savvy race car driver, probably one of the best that there's ever been. The best part about a hardtail dragster is you can 100% feel everything that's going on. And that's the one thing I noticed whenever I had that car. And if I would have fit it in a little better, I probably would have kept it. But if you spin, you know, you spun because you felt it. If you shake, you know, you shake because you felt it. If there's a bump, you felt it. Like if you're a driver that understands truly not you think you understand, but you understand what's going on during the run. A hardtail dragster is probably the absolute best race car you can have because while you're going down the track, because every other aspect's going to suck. And <laughs> I can tell you that I'm telling the truth there from my experience. But on the track, once you go into the burnout box, every single aspect about that car if you were a driver that can drive by the seat of their pants and feel stuff and understands what's happening during the run i think that a very very top of the line race car driver could do better in a hardtail car interesting and that would be someone like a johnny ezel probably probably uh shane carr i think could do it um and and the Williams brothers, I think that they would do it. I think that Underwood, for sure, I think would be able to uh, <laughs> would would agree with that. I mean, Big Al Peebler chimes in and says, "He says uh, I would quit racing if I had to race a hardtail car." <laughs> <laughs> hey, he knows that I quit. Hey, hopefully. I ain't racing no. <laughs> I hope to see. Uh, hey, I I voted for them. Just so, and I know they I know that. To. I, yeah. I told both the Peeblers need to be in that whole deal that Wes Buck's putting on that big money top dragster race. They better yeah, be. Both of them are national, yeah, national champions. They better be. Yeah, I put. I, Listen I to saw me, you, Wes Buck. I saw you post that one, and I put uh, Travis Lester in the, in the show. Um, come on, man! If you're going to invite them, bring some bring some heavy hitters out yeah. there. You know what I mean? Let's put them all on the big stage. Bring them all out hey, there. Travis Danny just Nelson. won a million dollars in his thing. You know. Danny Nelson, I mean, there's a lot of Christopher Carrico. If he still has a dragster, he needs to be in it. I mean, there's bring it, there's a lot of guys who are big money bracket racers who have top dragster worthy cars. So I say let's invite 16 NHRA guys and let's invite 16 big money bracket racers because there's plenty of those guys that got pro charge cars that can make it happen too and go 390s. Let's let's use this to figure out. What, what area is the hardest? Because hey now, now we're all in the same playing field. I think you're on to something. I like it. I like it. And I also saw stock. Is it stock and super stock coming? Yep. Stock and super stock's coming. It's, we're Tyler uh, Bohannon at 
I'm putting yeah. my money on Tebow right now. Don't can't nobody else have Tebow in the Calcutta. Just I'm look, one. Just look I at this. I get Tebow. Everybody else you can get. Who you want. Just look at the look at the GBR yeah. guest list. Tyler Bohannon, Dan <laughs> Fletcher, Peter Biondo. This show's called Going Bracket Race, and we have all those guys. Those are bracket racers still. Stay so well. those guys are still on our team, in my opinion. <laughs> Hey man, we might have to tap old uh, old West Buck on the shoulder at PRI and say, "Hey, you need to, to make sure you you need to make sure hey, you get these bracket races in the mix." We're gonna have to get Champ to do these Calcuttas. He's gonna be infuriated about this, but we're gonna get him going. Hey, no question. Hopefully, Winlight Bets is out there too. It, it wouldn't be right if Winlight Bets isn't there. So at least give us something to do while we're watching. I know I ain't gonna be down there in lovely Bradenton, Florida, to to participate in any shape or form even if i'm just watching that would be cool so casey man we came up on that hour mark what you got in closing bro man i'm i'm ready to eat me some thanksgiving food this week is what i'm ready for that's all i can think about man i'm telling you thanksgiving is the absolute best food there is of all the holidays period what about christmas hey thanksgiving's where it's at i'm telling yeah. you hey you know what i get i get a good meal on both uh, we go big for Thanksgiving. We go big for Christmas, too. Sometimes I'll do a brisket at Christmas. So. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You stay home, though. It ain't Thanksgiving. You don't, you don't... <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys. Well, let's see what Shane said here. States for a week. I'm headed to the States for a week. Look like Shane, you, you, uh, Shane must be out of the country. I think he's looking to drive something. I think I've saw this before. It's uh, looking for... A race December 1st through the 3rd weekend, if anybody knows of any within six hours drive of Bowling Green, Kentucky. Woo! I hope you're going six to hours, big dog. Six <laughs> hours drive would be, needs to just come to PRI. Oh, well, well, he's, I think he's wanting to race. He's coming in the state. So Shane Ward is coming in the state. They got, they got go-karts indoors in Lucas Oil Stadium. Go race there. Man, he's t Shane. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> hey, anyway, if you're going six hours from Bowling Green, it better be north, man. Or excuse me, it better be south. Everything yeah, north's gonna be north. cold. It's gonna be it's gonna be cold to the north. So, uh, Casey, anything in closing besides it's time to eat? Oh man, just happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and uh, we'll see y'all next week. See you next Tuesday. Hey, take a look at this uh, flyer here from uh, Del Palage Memorial Thanksgiving Day race. If uh, if you ate all you need to eat already, or you wouldn't mind taking that that plate to go on the road, head on out to Baton Rouge. The Baton Rouge area, I think, is where this race is. Race with OCP Promotions at the Del Palage Memorial 10Ks. Um, have a look at the flyer. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Be good.